Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Haley. We are two sisters and best friends, and we're the hosts of Real Talk About Feminism, a podcast for female empowerment. Each week, we release a new episode. We talk about everything from periods to current events. And different types of feminism to worse first dates. Subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, and tune in each week. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are so excited for this episode because we have a lot to catch you guys up on. We feel like a lot has happened. Yeah. Haley, let's start with your birthday. Yes. So my voice is still recovering. By the time this drops, my birthday will have been two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully my voice is fine by then. It's getting a lot better, actually. Like even from last night when we recorded. So, um, but yeah, so for my birthday, my best friend came up and her birthday is two days after mine. So I'm older than her. By two days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so we, we've we always celebrated our birthdays together since sixth grade. And so this year we decided to go skydiving. That was so cool. It's, it was literally I, insane. I was so surprised too because literally it was like, so your birthday, you guys went on a Saturday mm-hmm. before your birthday. And then it was, like, Wednesday or Thursday that you guys decided to go. Yeah. Well, we had been – we've been talking about it since we turned 18, um, about going on our 18th birthday. Um, but – and then a, probably a month before she came out, we were like, yeah, we should go skydiving. And then we just forgot about it. And then we were like, no, like, we need to book it. Let's do it. So, yeah, it was, like, a few days before that we decided to do it. Oh, my gosh. So you told me too, like when you're free falling, it literally doesn't feel like anything. Like I can't comprehend that. You honestly just have to do it. Like it was, there's no way to describe it. My aunt, she was in town and she's been skydiving. So when I was talking about it, she was like, yep, mm -hmm, I know exactly what you mean. Um, Because you just have to experience it. But um, yeah, it was just crazy because there was no time to even think like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, because everyone just went one after the other and I saw my best friend jump out and you kind of just like fall out. But, um, yeah, I saw her jump out and then we went like right after and yeah, it doesn't feel like you're falling. Like when you have a dream that you're falling and you get that pit in your stomach. Yeah. You'd think that's what it would feel like, but it didn't feel like that. Like I was so shocked when we were actually free falling because I was like, I don't feel like I'm falling. Like I feel the wind in my hair, but it just looks like we're getting closer to the ground. And then when they pulled the, when he pulled the parachute, then we weren't like, um, or horizontal to the ground anymore. We were like vertical and then we were falling. So then I could feel more like the wind in my hair and everything like that. Cause we were kind of, uh, gliding, but yeah, it was so crazy. It was awesome. I need to go. Yeah. But like, I'm getting anxious just thinking about it, but it is something I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel better that like, you can't feel anything, but you said like you can feel like everything at the same time. You know, yeah. Like, it feels like so surreal. Yeah. It was so cool. And um, I actually went and saw um, Eternals <laughs> a few days ago and there's like an aerial shot, like in most movies, you know, they'll do like an aerial shot of yeah. the city or like different things like that. And I thought like while I was watching the aerial shot, I was like, oh, I've seen the world from that perspective. Like, <laughs> so cool, though. It That's was really cool. cool. And it was crazy because we went we were at one point I looked down and the freeway was underneath us or the highway or whatever. 
and we, but we were so high up and then like they just somehow steered us right to where we needed to land like they're That's obviously trippy but yeah i was like we're right above cars and everything like that so wow well you can say that you've gone skydiving yes it does feel pretty cool like we, me and my best friend we both felt very cool after that because then like um we went our separate ways and like she had to do homework hang out with her sisters and then um we were hang- i was hanging out with the family and then we went clubbing in the night so like we went skydiving in the morning clubbing in the night and like the whole weekend was just like such a party yeah so and fun. then the next day we went to estes park mm-hmm. um Haley vlogged about her skydiving trip so definitely go watch it on youtube yeah. Um, oh, and you have pictures too. I was going to say, like, we're waiting for the pictures, but you have them. Yeah, I posted. So, I mean, I could post them on the story. Yeah, if, please do. Yeah. yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so you guys went to the club, and then literally the next day, <laughs> we went to Estes Park mm-hmm. in Colorado. Yeah, our aunt was in town. Our sister's boyfriend came too. Jared came because his schedule's different now. So, that was fun. It was really fun. We were there for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so fun. This is reminding me. So we were – I really wanted to go to um, a crystal shop because I haven't been yeah. in forever. And the last time I had an opportunity to go, it just, like, wasn't open and I didn't want to wait two hours for it to open. Um, so we were just walking around trying to find the crystal shops, but they were closed by the time we found them in Estes. And so we're going shopping today, me and Ken, so let's go to a crystal shop. Okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. We can go to the one Sadie and I went to. Yeah, that would be yeah, so fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun weekend. We, like, spent the weekend together as a family. And... Yeah, that was really fun. I feel like yeah. we needed that, too. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It's always nice being in the mountains. It is. Estes is so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mentioned it before, too, but Jared and I went in February earlier this year, and it was, like, seriously, I have a screenshot. It was negative 11 degrees every single night and there was one time we were out when it was getting dark and like it was so cold I I literally I can't um describe it but like it was so cold but it was fun to come back when there wasn't snow yeah that was really fun yeah so different I love it's so pretty I've only been to Estes in the summer or fall I've never actually been in the winter so I don't know what that's like it was so pretty and we went snowshoeing in Rocky Mountain bucket list item yeah for sure yeah you guys were talking about that when we were up there how it was so fun and I want to go now it was so fun and like it was like that was the first trip that we'd really taken ourselves you know like we'd like gone on our honeymoon but like we like planned it paid for everything Mm -hmm. so I don't know kind of made it more fun yeah because I uh I went along on your St. George trip so (laughs) (laughs) but that was fun (laughs) yeah that was fun yeah, and last night, too, we went to a volleyball game at Metro, mm-hmm. which was fun, and then we went to Maggiano's randomly. <laughs> yeah, that Maggiano's, I don't know if any of you guys have been. I, it, I don't know if it's a Colorado thing. I don't know. But it's a really nice restaurant, like, very nice. Yeah, so. and we were trying to figure out where to eat, and we were, like, we went from, like, fast food to fast casual to, like, Maggiano's somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. I don't know how that happened, but it was a, it was a really nice, and... We all have leftovers, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to eat because I haven't eaten I know. today. I haven't eaten. <laughs> so we've been going, going, going. Yes, and we're gonna go shopping later, mm-hmm. and we're going to this place in Denver called Babe's Tea Room. Mm-hmm. So we have a busy we day. Have, yeah, we do. It'll be fun though. I'm just really excited. Like, I just want to edit and get all this done so that we can go shopping. I know. I know. 
So yeah, that is, that's what's been going on. Yeah. Let's get into the feminist highlight before we dive into the content. All right. So today's feminist highlight is Mary Lou Retton. I'm sure you've heard of her. Um, Her name was very familiar to me, but I didn't like know exactly what she achieved. <laughs> I feel bad because you saying I'm sure you're, you've heard of her. I've not heard of her. <laughs> you're sitting there like eyes lips eyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She is a retired Olympic gymnast. Okay. Okay. Um. So she competed in the 1984 Summer Olympic Games in Los Angeles. And that was actually the only Olympics that she ever competed in. She retired shortly after them. Five weeks before the games, she had knee surgery. And so it was kind of up in the air whether or not she was going to be able to compete. She ended up scoring perfect tens in the floor and the vault. Oh, my gosh. Sports. What is it called? Events. Events. (laughs) Sports. Um, She became the first American to win an individual all-around gold medal as well in gymnastics, in women's gymnastics. She brought a total of five medals home, which was more than what any other athlete took home at the LA Games. Wow. It's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. So, um... She was also the first gymnast to be inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame in 1985, so literally, like, right after the Games. And now she's a motivational speaker. (laughs) She will occasionally provide commentary on, like, televised gymnastics. And she also has four daughters, and she lives in Houston, Texas. Wow. Yeah. It's so crazy that, like, um, these people live, like, such normal lives. I know! Like... Yeah, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, like that's crazy. That's so good. I think honestly, gymnasts are I feel like they're some of the strongest athletes because um I feel like so many of them push through a lot of physical injuries uh-huh. like at the Olympics like um that one girl who was like doing the vault and it was like old. Yeah. She broke her ankle I or know something. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and she still finished like I feel like gymnasts are just, they have like a different kind of mental toughness and strength. They do. And something interesting I'll point out is in the source that I got her information from, we'll put it in the source notes. She apparently was like, she like broke like the, um, what's the word? No, like the image, the typical image for gymnasts because she was like built more muscular. Like, oh. the, the book defined it as, like, muscular and compact, whereas, mo- like, the typical gymnast image is, like, petite and graceful, which I don't mm. really – like, Simone Biles. Yeah, she's muscular. She's very muscular. muscular. But, like, I don't, it was just interesting, like, how, like, the beauty standard for gymnasts was. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, Shout out to our aunt. We found her in the book that she gave us. Yeah. So – that was a very interesting book, and we'll do some more feminist highlights from that book. Thank you, Aunt Jennifer. Yes. <laughs> okay, so today we are talking about a really important topic. Um, this is current events, and it's something that I think a lot of us have kind of felt very concerned about and very kind of almost hopeless is like the word yeah. to describe it. Like, how do we help? Um, and it is the whole thing with Afghanistan right now and the Taliban being um in leadership or I mean mean, they're in control yeah in control um but we want to focus especially on women's rights under the Taliban law Taliban (laughs) (laughs) under the Taliban law because um obviously like as we've seen in history but we're going to talk about it a lot more the Taliban really targets women and there's a direct war on 
women's rights under these Taliban-ruled countries. And so we wanted to talk about that because it's very important. And helpless really is the right word to describe it, like seeing those videos of planes taking off and people literally hanging onto the planes and falling to their deaths, like the state of the country. Is it a country? Mm -hmm. The state of the country is so – it's just in shambles. And it's so sad that that is what's going on. And so watching those videos, so many of us have felt helpless. And what can we do? So we're going to talk about it today. You want to start with the story? (laughs) Yes. So while we were doing research, we came across this article. And this article was written November 17th of 2001. Um, It's the part of the U.S. Department of State website. Um, But yes, so this was written in 2001. So think about it in this context. Um, Afghanistan or the Taliban took over Kabul in 1996. Yeah. So, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but just the context, this is 2001. So, um, the title is The Taliban's War Against Women. The day was much like any other. For the young Afghan mother, the only difference was that her child was feverish and it had been for some time and needed to see a doctor. But simple tasks in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan today are not that easy. The mother was alone and the doctor was across town. She had no male relative to escort her. To ask another man to do so would be to risk severe punishment. To go on her own meant that she would risk flogging. Because she loved her child, she had no choice. Donning the tent-like burqa as Taliban law required, she set out cradling her child in her arms. She shouldn't have. As they approached the market, she was spotted by a teenage Taliban guard who tried to stop her. Intent on saving her child, the mother ignored him, hoping that he would ignore her. He didn't. Instead, he raised his weapon and shot her repeatedly. Both mother and child fell to the ground. They survived because bystanders in the market intervened to save them. The young Taliban guard was unrepentant, fully supported by the regime. The woman should not have been out alone. This mother was just another casualty in the Taliban war on Afghanistan women, a war that began five years ago when the Taliban seized control of Kabul. So that's the end of the story. I can't even imagine living in a world where that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And I also, in all of our research, I was reading an article that a lot of Afghanistan women were saying that in the Taliban's eyes, they're just objects. Like, they're not regarded as humans whatsoever. And so the right. Taliban, like, don't care that there is a war on women's rights over there. For some background, um, so th- this has been such a prevalent issue in U.S. history and U.S. news, literally since, like, we were born. Right. So, as Haley mentioned, in 1996 is when the Taliban took control over Afghanistan. And then, um, I believe it was October of 2001, like, after the 9-11 attacks, is when the U.S. entered Afghanistan. Um, And we also highlighted Malala Yousafzai, who was, like, instrumental in this whole event. Fight Fight. for women's rights, yeah. So go back a few episodes and listen to the highlight about her. And Haley said she just got married recently, too. Yes, I saw, like, two days ago that she got married. And she's just done so much in her life. So congratulations to her. Obviously, she (laughs) She probably won't listen, but... But She looked absolutely gorgeous in her wedding pictures, and she looked very happy. Yes. Good. So, um, 
the U.S. as of this year, so 2021, they withdrew all military from Afghanistan, August 30th of 2021. Shortly after that, the Taliban waited no minute to do this. They seized control of Kabul, which is the capital of Afghanistan, as well as several other cities in the country. So they're controlling the country right now. Mm-hmm. And just like in 1996 to 2001, there are so many concerns about civil rights, basic human rights. Literally, the economy is collapsing. Poverty is prevalent everywhere. And people are just being disregarded, especially and, women. And people are scared for their lives. Yeah, there's a whole mental health epidemic as well. And I also read an article, I'll find it and put in the source notes, but there was an article that said like Afghan women are nine times more likely to have PTSD and trauma than men in Afghanistan. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because literally they have no rights and they're treated like nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, in August of 2021, that's where we were seeing those videos of people um, when the troops, like the last planes of the troops, the U.S. troops were leaving, people were clinging on and passing their children up to the planes, just hoping like, I can't imagine, especially like as a mother, oh to pass gosh. your child up to a random soldier yeah. just in, because they know that they will have a better life there wherever they're going to end up than in Afghanistan. Yeah. And that's absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. And so that's where we were seeing those videos. And that's really um, why we wanted to do this episode. So um, some of the rules. Um, when the Taliban was in control in 1996 to 2001, some of the rules that they put on women um they were absolutely ridiculous. So there was a report in 2001 um, from the U.S. Department of State, and this is the rules that the Taliban had put on women. So women had to wear head coverings um, or coverings from head to toe. Women were not allowed to work except in very limited circumstances. Women were barred from attending schools. Women's health care was restricted. Women were not allowed to leave their homes unless they were accompanied by male relatives. Women could only use special buses and were only allowed to take taxis with male relatives. Women could not be on the street with men who were not related to them. The windows of houses had to be painted over to stop outsiders from seeing women in their homes. And if they broke the rules, then women were punished. Um, Some of the methods that they used were beating, death by stoning. Um, They were also subjected to rape, abduction, and forced marriage. This was all by the Taliban. And so the fact that the Taliban thinks that they're like leading almost like a democracy, this is a dictatorship. Yeah. And it's absolutely horrific to think that if you leave your house without a man, then you could be subjected to death by stoning. That is like ancient times. Yeah. That's such a, like, I don't, I just don't even know. I, I know. I can't, it's really hard to like imagine living like that because we have so many freedoms in this country and like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that right and so like those were the rules that in 2001 that women were being subjected to um and the Taliban when they took control of the country recently um again the Taliban said that this time that they would protect women's rights but there have already been reports that in the regions that the Taliban have captured 
that some women have already had the old rules placed on them, such as not being able to go to school, and they are not able to leave without a male escort. And so the Taliban, you know, said, we're going to protect women's rights and it's going to be different this time, but already they can't go to school and they can't leave without a man with them, a man that's related to them. So I don't know what kind of... They were never going to do that. No. They were never going to. No. And it's just absolutely terrible that in 2021, women are still having to fight for their rights. And I, in this article, there was a really cool picture. I texted it to you. I don't know if you saw Mm -hmm. it, but we're going to post it definitely on the Instagram because these women were they were holding signs that they had printed out on paper and they had like in um their language and then they translated it in English and they were just protesting and they had head coverings on and everything like that but just the fact that they still have to fight for their basic rights the right to go to school the right to leave their home right it's so sad yeah and in 1996 like there were protests but nothing like today Right. And so, like, they're realizing, like, no, we don't – we're humans. You know, like, we shouldn't have to live like this. Right. So I think it's great that they are protesting. But, like, they're so brave for risking literally their lives. Yeah. Their families' lives to protest for basic rights. Mm -hmm. Especially because it's so unpredictable with the Taliban in rule that they don't – they might be leaving their homes to go protest and they might not ever come back. Mm -hmm. They might be – kidnapped and raped repeatedly by Taliban leaders and like that's the reality they're living and I think it's also so different now because like you said like they're they have more of a realization now that like no this is not okay and we're human and and we deserve rights but also I think social media plays a big aspect or plays a big part into that because with social media the entire world is connected right and so I'm sure that it's devastating to now see for them to see history repeating itself and we're all connected on social media and they're seeing the rest of us we have all of these rights and we have all of these different things and I'm sure that they like they can't leave the country Mm -hmm. it's hard and so I'm sure that just plays so much of a bigger role into it of like they want their rights back and they're going to fight for it because with social media and everything, the world is connected and the world is more connected. And so we can see more what is going on and they can see that, no, this is not normal. And obviously they know that because they're not dumb, but like to know this isn't what's going on in the majority of the world. Like they're being run by a dictatorship and it's not okay. And they're getting their rights taken away. And so they're going to fight even more now. Yeah. I, was kind of thinking that when you said the signs were translated in like their language to English yeah because they know that that's going to bring more awareness yeah. and like we're better able to understand how they're living and how we can help them right so even just like educating yourself sharing mm-hmm. stories about it talking about it keeping the stories alive so that people are aware of it and can help is very important Right. It's so important. And we really can do that through social media, Mm -hmm. especially like we can do so much and spread so much awareness just by sharing people's stories. And it's also a big deal for them to be going out and protesting, sharing their stories on social media and trying to bring awareness like that's a big deal. And so just like we've talked about in the past, like um, when we had Ophelia come on and share her story and 
um, when, when we've shared stories of sexual assault, like when anyone shares their story, we need to re- like respect them and honor them by spreading awareness about it because right. it's a lot, it's a big deal to come out and they're risking their lives by protesting for the greater good and protesting for their rights. And so the biggest thing that I think we can do is just sharing their stories. I agree. There are ways that we can help. Like Haley mentioned, like I feel so helpless too mm-hmm. because it's hard. Like we can't go over there as much as mm-hmm. we want to. We can't bring all of them back as much as we want to. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that. Um, but there are a lot of organizations that are literally there helping Afghan women, children, communities. So the first one we're going to talk about is called Women for Afghan Women. And they have been working for over 20 years to support the Afghan women and their children. Um, There are several ways that we can help. They have an Amazon list of items that you can purchase and donate. Um, They have like bedding, cleaning supplies, masks, which like we have to think about now with Mm -hmm. COVID, Um, flashlights, toiletries, clothes, anything you could think of. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have classes for immigrants and for refugees. They have like literacy and education classes. They have citizenship classes, empowerment classes, just like language classes, you know, how to like assimilate. And how to educate them because the Taliban is taking away their rights to education. Right. And I think so reading on their websites, because it is so dangerous, they had to flee like their their staff and people working on the ground in Afghanistan. They've been over there for over 20 years to help the Afghan women and children and families. And because of the state of the country and with the Taliban running rampant, they had to pull out and seek refuge for their own safety. But they're still working and doing everything that they can to try and get as many people out as possible. And so we both donated Mm -hmm. um, just because, and like every little bit helps. I'm sure it's extremely expensive to try and get people out of the country. Um, And so if you're able to definitely donate to them because they're doing so much. And even though it's not safe to be over there right now, they're still working and trying to pull women and children and families out of there for their own safety and give them lives. Yeah. A a chance. Yeah. So that's women for Afghan women. Go donate. Like Haley said, every little bit helps. I feel good that we donated. Mm -hmm. Um, The other organization is Feminist Majority Foundation. It's very similar. You know, you can donate on their website, um, but they have a campaign that's been supporting Afghan women since 1996. Um, They also have education courses. They have a scholarship program for Afghan women as well. They have direct assistance, like you can donate items, money that will directly go to immigrants and refugees and the Afghan women and children over there. And there's so many other organizations and different causes uh, we just wanted to highlight these two because we felt, you know, connected to them. And yeah, there is so much that we can do to help. It's it's just devastating to see the state of the country right now and to see that these people are just being dehumanized and getting all of their rights taken away. But if we can do every little bit that we can to help, then you know, anything helps really. And maybe we can help bring this to an end. So that is why we we thought it was really important to highlight. This is kind of a shorter episode, but 
we wanted to end on a positive note of how we can help so that we don't all feel so helpless and we can, you know, try and give a little bit. And even just, I know that um, there's probably organizations out there who, if you like, you know, like sewing things, like sewing blankets or or clothing or or menstrual products, different things like that. Like there's so many organizations already that exist. And I'm sure that a lot of energy and funds and um, materials are going towards helping the Afghan women right now too. So, you know, just anything, like if you, if you don't have money to donate, give away your talents and your time. Um, there's one organization that we've donated or we've uh, volunteered at in Denver where it's like assembling medical kits. Project Cure Project in Denver. Project Cure, yes. Yeah, it's like expired medical products, but like, uh, it's like gauze. Like, how does gauze expire? You know, but like mm-hmm. legally, like in the US, like we can't use them, but warehouses like that where they mm-hmm. assemble things like that and and also just like people donate you know medications like over the counter stuff that's not necessarily expired right and yeah you can donate your time and put together those kits if you know there's so much that you yeah because like things we would never think of that they would need you know like yeah. period products and like yeah they're expensive in the u.s there's the pink tax whatever but like mm-hmm. we're very fortunate to have them right so anything that you have yeah so anytime, any talents, any any funds that you have, you can donate and help the Afghan women and hopefully that we can see an end to this. We sure soon. hope so. Yeah. Well, please share this episode. We want to bring awareness to the issue going on over there. And if you live in the US, you're very familiar with it and it's been going on for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. So please share this, bring awareness, and we will talk to you guys next week. Talk to everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening right now. And go follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Real Talk About Feminism and you can find us on all of our other platforms if you click the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for listening to Real Talk About Feminism.